episode of Open Door. Today, I'm going to be speaking to a member of the Apple Distinguished Educator class of 2019. Apple created the Apple Distinguished Educator program in 1994 with the purpose of recognizing primary, secondary, and higher educators who are using Apple technology to transform learning and teaching. There are now over 2,000 ADEs around the world, and I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Evans from Stamford, Hong Kong. Okay, today I'm joined by my fellow Cognita educator, Tim Evans. Tim, hi. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. You know, Tim, I've been a follower of your work on Twitter for a long time, and it's great to finally have a chat with you today. No, likewise, likewise. Yeah, I think I was first introduced to your Twitter account by our colleague, Andy Perrier, who was yes. singing your praises. And, yeah, no, um, he's a great, great guy. Yeah, absolutely love what you're doing. So it's great to have a, a chat with you today. No, so, thanks. First of all, uh, congratulations on becoming an ADE as part of the 2019 class. You must be made up. You beat me to it. I was about to congratulate you. As well, so no, um, no, thank you very much. No, it's been great news. Um, you you understand yourself that that weight. Um, I don't think you understand what the weight's like till you actually have to do it. But it was um, no, it's it all good news in the end. Yeah, this it's about two months, isn't it, between submitting and then getting that email? It was. I think maybe even a bit longer because I think I submitted. I think it was first week of Feb, and then it was pretty much mid-April almost. So, yeah, yeah, two, three months. And so for those people who may be unfamiliar, what could you explain the application process to becoming an Apple Distinguished Educator? Yeah, so the application process itself, as, as long as you're an Apple teacher, you can apply. Um, and then what you have to do, you need to put together a two-minute video, um, basically, which is your application, and which is showcasing everything you do. Um, when I first started, it was it felt two minutes was too long. But then once you get into it, the challenge was cutting everything down to two minutes. Absolutely. And then once, you're, once you're happy, you click the submit button then, and then that's it. Everything's the waiting <laughs> game begins. And so um, tell me, um, how did you get into education, first of all? What's sort of your history? How did you end up teaching in Hong Kong? So it's, um, my, my mother's a primary teacher, or she was a primary teacher. So we've always um, known about teaching and, and, and schools, and my mum's always um, been happy. So so we've always looked to her. And then it's funny, because myself and my brother, then we both went into education. We both went down the path of ICT in education as well. So then I taught in Wales for three years, um, hopped over to Spain for another six years, and then an opportunity came up in Hong Kong then, and it was just something that all the all the cars fell in the right place and what have you and then um we made we made we made the the move to hong kong and how long have you have you been there now so yeah so this is my second academic year so we're coming towards the end now we've got another five or six weeks left of this year and that'll be that'll be two years then amazing and so what is your current role in hong kong so here in hong kong i'm the educational technology coordinator okay um, and so what does that entail so it's a bit different from before. I was more hands-on teaching side. So this is a little bit of a different role where I'm mainly there to support teachers. Um, I do support students as well, obviously, and sometimes I do take classes. Um, but the main role is to support the teachers. So I spend a lot of time exploring, seeing what um, different tools and resources and applications are out there that are best suited to, to our curriculum and to what our teachers are currently doing. 
and then I do some maybe put some recommendations to them. We work together in planning, seeing what tools are available, um, all with the aim for making making it easier for both students and teachers. Then, so hopefully, um, giving them a better experience with technology. Amazing. And so, are you just working in primary? Or are you working across the school? So I'm. I'm. A, I'm. A, our school's up to grade eight. So what that be UK year nine. So currently. This this year I'm the whole school, but next year then well, there's someone coming in to to be more secondary, where I'll be more primary then, more elementary school based. I see. And do you find yourself missing being in the classroom with the students? I do. It's not so much. It's the contact with students. I mean, it's great because every day is different. So I, I miss that a little bit. So that's where I really try and, and get in the classroom as much as I can. And the role within the classroom is a little bit different because maybe I won't be up front. It'll be one of those where I'm just um, assisting the teachers or in the background supporting them. But it's, it's, it's good to see, to see that, to see what the actual technology does for the student hands-on. And so um, I, can, I can actually see how they experience it. Definitely. I don't think you could do that role without having that contact with the students, could you? No, 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 definitely. It's, it, what, it's what I think might work and then... There's a number of times I've I've pushed something out to students thinking it would be a great success and it hasn't and vice versa then as well. And a lot of times I, I'll, 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 because you know yourself, technology is changing all the time. So I'll, I'll involve students in the process of learning a new tool and we'll do it together. We'll do the, go along the journey together and, and help each other out. Is there a particular set of standards that you follow in terms of your digital learning curriculum? Um, no, so what we do, so we're American schools, so we follow the American Common, common Core, um, but when it comes to implementing integrating technology, we try and find tools that are easy to use, but also tools that can can be used in different subject areas, um, different grade levels, so it's not just a one-off tool or resource that comes in just for two weeks um easily accessible as well we also want tools that they, they there is the opportunity for students to use at home um so um that could be a free to use apps relatively easily accessible tools then yeah definitely i think it's about building up those skills as well isn't it if it is completely consistency yeah. Yeah, um, um, a, lot, a lot of the tools we use are for those to, to, for the students who acquired skills that are, are more than just using a robot because they're learning to use a robot. It's the actual skills they acquire um, using it rather excellent. than the actual tool itself. That's excellent. And so tell me, why did you decide to apply to become an Apple Distinguished Educator in the first place? So on to, uh, basically, on Twitter and what have you, I saw that there were ADEs from 2017, 2015, and it just looked like a great community. That to be, the community's there for everyone to to take advantage of and to actually use and support and, and, and collaborate with. But the actual idea, I thought, now was the right time for me to apply. When I was actually in Spain, uh, I wasn't available there, so I couldn't actually apply from Spain. But since moving here, I could. Um, I just felt it was a community that would support me in my role now at the moment. Um, but also, I, I, I wanted it was a challenge. So I thought I'd give myself a bit of a challenge, a lot of personal challenge to give it a go. And then, like I said, the, the, the community then can hopefully support me in my role here in Hong Kong. Yeah, I think it's that aspect of community which is really important. And I don't think you have to necessarily be an ADE to be part of that. You know, no, even definitely not leading that. up to that application window, yeah. uh, you can well, take we, part in chats. And oh, we had a number of the number of staff, a number of our teachers here in Hong Kong applied unsuccessfully. 
um, but they're absolutely amazing educators. Um, they're just, just, just did for some reason or another. Um, but again, it hasn't held them back. They, 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 they'll just apply again maybe next time. I still let them take advantage of the, the Twitter community. Exactly. And I think it's that, like you said, that aspect of a, a sort of personal challenge, isn't it? And uh, we sort of talked at yeah. the start, you know, half of that challenge is getting everything into two minutes. It was what... quite a good re- reflection, actually, for myself personally, to actually go through and to actually see, right, because la- in Hong Kong, it, it was a new school, so the last 18 months have been um, flown by. So it was actually quite good to have sit down and reflect on what has happened, what hasn't worked, what, et cetera. So it was, it was good for me personally as well. Yeah, that sort of aspect of bringing everything together and almost creating yeah. a personal portfolio of what you've done mm. is really important. And that was definitely some advice from uh, colleagues who didn't get in in this window as well. You know, said, yeah. well, you've got to look ahead to 2021 and start to put together your video already yeah yeah you know it is so what did you put in your two minute video yeah so i tried to share um my outlook my mindset when it comes to actually using technology how how i how i would i use the apple ecosystem and at the same time then it's it's my video you can it's you can see it on twitter i post it on twitter but it's um quite busy so there's a lot of things going on because you're trying to almost for want for a better phrase you're almost trying to show off you're trying to get as much into those two minutes mm-hmm. as you can so i try to show examples of what i do in the classroom um how i support students then also there's a bit where i'm actually showing how i support our teachers what we do there and then the wider community then so i've had the opportunity to speak at some some events here in asia so i shared that as well um collaboration that i've done with other teachers in other schools so it's it was basically just cram as much in there for two minutes that's what i was worried actually when i, I thought i put too much too <laughs> much in there that it was that there wasn't actually an obvious message you know you, you you're you're worried that you do that you put oh, i put too much in here that it's too busy that you can't concentrate on one message yeah that you can have that depth on a particular topic yeah excellent and so just in terms of the learning first of all what do you think has been the most significant impact of technology within your school context? It's it's has to be there to support um, support the students. It has to be a support tool rather than something that actually drives drives a curriculum or drives drives a topic. Um, we're here in Hong Kong. Everything is so tech led. Um, that the challenge is for it to actually be authentic, for it to actually be there to support the learning and not just that, just just a fad or something. Where a prime example would be augmented reality. So I always go back to saying, if 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 someone asks what is augmented reality, and you just say Pokemon Go, they can almost <laughs> work out what it is. So augmented reality was around for two years, but it was almost almost a gimmick kind of thing. But for it to actually now be authentic and actually be genuine, a support tool. Um, that's the key if you can actually turn it into that um and again another augmented reality again it's something if it can engage students something they can get excited about um even better yeah do you speaking of reality is there a particular example that you have that you've um, done with your students where that's been really engaging and meaningful um it was we've we've last six months we've been looking at ar maker so we've been using that tool in the classroom. And it was a tool that came about in about December, November last year. And 
because it was so new, we, we, we pushed it out to the students straight away in after school clubs and lunchtime clubs and everything. And we learned how to use it together. So they were showing, they learned, and you know what kids are like these days, they pick things up quicker than we do. Um, but we share that we share that with them. So we say to them, look, I don't know everything about this tool. Let's learn together. Can you show me how this works, how that works? And then um, we we can actually see then, oh, this could actually be integrated here. So we've had students using it to, to learn about languages and in front of, behind, left of, right of. And then more advanced students then are, are creating scenes where they're showing how volcanoes may erupt or the or the water cycle etc so it's, it's an app that can be used throughout the school yeah it's really good and there's so much potential with it and i really like the idea that it's this blank canvas where you can almost create anything yeah. yourself so it's great for differentiation so the kids however wide or vast their knowledge is and then also their creative skills and imagination they can push it as far as they like and so you were sort of mentioning how you went on this journey together with the students and how mm. you um, were learning this tool with them. And you mentioned also that a lot of your role is supporting teachers in their integration of technology yeah. within the classroom. So how do you go about approaching that side of your role? How do you make sure that you're giving the adequate support to all of the members of staff? And the biggest challenge is, is time not just my time but then finding time because we're teachers are free or where we can actually find time to like um sit down together but what when, when we do what we i try and go down the the idea that we try and encourage students to take risks students to push boundaries we want them to we want them to make mistakes we want them to learn from those mistakes well as educators i think we have to be role models and do exactly the same so we're a teacher in elementary, primary school, we don't expect a teacher to be a, the best coder in the world by any stretch of the means. Um, so what we do is think, right, let's have a look at this tool. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But share that with the students because I do think they look to that and, and they actually respect that idea. Um, yeah, and it's just what we ask for students. So I think it, almost where I'm teaching the teachers I expect that from them as well then and, and and that they've bought into that where we've had teachers trying things and I can tell they're completely out of their comfort zone um, but more often than not outside of their comfort zone is where the actual um, I'm going to quote a friend now Eleni Kirita she said um, when, what outside of the comfort zone is where the magic happens so um <laughs> Um, are you involved in terms of getting in the, the planning sessions with teachers or do you actually get in the classroom and model that with them? Well, so it depends, both, or all, all of it um, and the above. It was, so at the beginning of the year, we'll sit down and look at what the curriculum is throughout the year. And then we'll also have, I'll sit there and I'll understand the tools, the technology tools that we have available. And then we'll just see, I'll ask them questions, they'll ask me questions, I think, oh, this may work here, this may not and then we just brain brainstorm that, and then it's throughout the year. Then um, the things could change. We could have different technology three months later. So if something like that happens, um, then I'll go in and explain that this has come up. This may work, but it all comes down to communication. We've got to share what we're both doing, and then yeah, we'll see what's definitely. best for the students. Yeah, that's definitely the most important part. And in terms of communication, how do you communicate? your plans and your your strategies with parents how are they involved in this journey so we we involve parents quite a lot here in hong kong so we understand they're part of the community just as much as students and teachers 
Um, so we share as much. We offer sessions for them, sessions where it could just be tech upskilling. So we've, we're trying the idea that if we can upskill teachers on things as basic as iMovie, Keynote, Google, Google G Suite, when a student is at home, there could be more. There could be some support there for the student as well. So we upskill them on that idea, but also for the the teachers to understand. Um, sorry, the parents to understand what their students currently doing. Um, we speak to them about digital citizenship, how they can actually support their child at home, and what they can look out for, screen time issues. Um, so they're a real part of that school community. And so far, it's been successful. Parents parents are happy that that's available, but also we, f- we feel that it um, has supported the students, which is the, um, the, main, the main goal. Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it, that when the students actually get home and they've got homework to do or a project, that the parents are able to support and understand yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, no, definitely. So they know what's going on. And again, if if they have those skills that we we may have shown them, then they can step in and actually support the student. We do also tell, like, tell the students to show their parents what they're doing. So we even explain to the parents as well, ask your, your kids questions. What are they doing in school? Can you show me this? Also down to social media. Can you show me what you're doing? Maybe on YouTube, what videos are you watching? What games are you, are you, are you playing? So the, the parents are involved in that conversation. Definitely. In terms of your overall journey of implementing technology within the school, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced and how have you overcome them? Uh, the main challenge I mentioned earlier, the main challenge is time because when I first started, I I would presume that this is a priority for everyone. This, But then uh, teachers themselves have got so much on their plate that they might prioritize things differently. Um, so the important thing there is communication. So I, we, we, need, we need to talk to each other. They might say, look, we're currently doing this in the classroom. We haven't got time to do that, et cetera. So we either try and make time. Then it comes down to actually finding time for us to sit down because they've got busy schedules as well. Um, it may be time after school. And if not, then I've tried to put things, I've tried to put together tutorial videos that we can share. Um, we do a tech newsletter that we push out with just little short tech tips. Um, and also then we we have folders and, on Google Drive where I can put together resources so they can, it's like almost like a library. So all those different ideas with the hope that if one or two of them suit a certain teacher better, um, we can hit everyone then, and we can we can we can contact everyone and support everyone. That's really good, and I think you sort of just touched on this. But for teachers within the school, maybe technology isn't the first priority. A lot of the conversations that we have at our school is how do you strike this balance between a sort of traditional teaching approach, maybe using a notebook or using physical manipulatives, and using technology. Is that part of the conversation that you have with teachers and striking that balance? Yeah, that it's it's the million dollar solution basically. <laughs> you can, it's is you just have to meet halfway, um, and then just everybody understands that every decision we make is for the best of the kid. So the best for the student. We want the student to reach their full potential. So I believe this technology tool can help that. Then the the, the teachers need to understand that as well. But also, it's, it's the world we're living in now. Um, it's almost becoming most educators should look at doing Google level one, um, look at doing the Apple teachers because that is the world that the ecosystems that the students are working. So it's almost the minimum that we need as to, to, to those certificates as teachers. Yeah, definitely. And 
at least at our school, we've sort of made those minimum expectations where we yeah. expect people to become Apple teachers and we support them in getting that. Yeah, we did that this year. So everyone had to complete the Apple teacher certification. Um, and after they did it, they were glad they did it because they actually saw the benefits. Um, yeah. And next year, we're going to attack the Google level one. Don't tell anyone yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and... Um, one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about was Cognita Calling. And I know this yeah. has been one of the big projects which you've been involved in and championed across the Cognita network. Tell us a bit about that and how that came to be. Yeah, so that came about, we were, we're a new school, literally brand new school, not only to Cognita, but just schools in general. So it was started about, we wanted to to become and join that wider group. So it was a way of us contacting schools it started off just here in asia because of time zone um challenges where we contacted the schools in thailand vietnam and singapore so we just and it was one of the, i knew a couple of teachers in each school so it was almost a cold call do you mind if we can skype get some kids contacting each other and the topic can be just let's just say hello introduce each other so the students could actually um get to know that they're part of a wider community and it was, it was that first day we did in November what, 2017 was a great success. So we pushed it again in March, contacted more teachers. And then what we did then is we tried to go global then. So we tried to involve all the, all the schools or as many schools as possible in a wider Cognita community. Um, and it was successful. We've done it two, 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 two times now. We've got a third one coming up the end of this academic year. Um, and the kids, it's, it's the kids love it. They, we, we Skype, they, Skyped someone from Australia and from another school, and that idea of them connecting with them, and we sh and then those schools that can't connect directly because of time zones have shared videos, and it's all part of that global community, so the students can understand a little bit more. Yeah, it's been usually successful, and my students have loved taking part in that, mm. and I think it was for the the book week. Events. Yes. Um, yeah. They, and they love the idea of being able to share their own video on Flipgrid. Yeah. And um, particularly, as you say, because of the time zones, it was really difficult for us to connect with someone outside it's, Europe. So that was great. And it's with technology, those things, just look what we're doing now. I mean, it's so easy to connect with people. Um, and they've got apps like Flipgrid. It's almost the the Snapchat, the, Insta, the Instagram of, of educational apps. Mm -hmm. And they understand that kids can relate to that. They can use it so easy. Um, so why don't we look to use it authentically um, in the classroom if, if the tool is available? Definitely. And so sort of to wrap up, I just wanted to ask you, what are you most excited about in terms of being an Apple educator and what's coming next for you? So the first question is, is it's connecting, um, making connections, learning from people. Um, trying to support others as much as I can. Um, but yesterday we had our first ADE meetup here in Hong Kong, and it was great. It was, and it's funny because you walk into a room, and there's so many faces you recognise, people you've never met, but because of, so, because of social media and PLNs, you actually feel you know them. So actually being able to contact and connect with them in person. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. So we've got Brisbane is our institute in July, first week of July, so I'm looking forward to that. Also, next academic year, seeing what, what tools are available, how we can actually um, get some more authentic technology use integrated into the classroom. Um, as a school, we're growing. So we're adding another quarter of students 
um, which will mean new staff. So I'm looking forward to getting some new people involved in the team, seeing what others can bring, what other um, skills they've got that can actually support me and maybe learn from them and vice versa. Once again, thanks so much to Tim for joining me today. It was a pleasure to be joined by such an inspirational educator and to discuss his experience in becoming part of the Apple Distinguished Educator Class of 2019. If you would like to be part of this conversation, you can follow the hashtag OpenDoorPod on Twitter, or you can follow us on Twitter. I am CGallyEDU, and Lee is Mr. Blowers. You can also leave a voice message on Anchor and become part of this chat. Lastly, if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, we'd love to have you on, and please get in touch with Lee or myself. Thanks so much.